Welcome to the Giving Gifts Podcast, a space for real people to share real stories who are navigating how to use their gifts in this world. I remember the first time I even ever had an idea of starting a podcast, and it was because of the conversations that I would have with junior high and high school and even college students. And I just thought, dang, I wish people could really hear the unfiltered thoughts and stories from the young people in this world. Of course, these conversations often took place in my car, and they were sandwiched between screaming songs with all the windows down and floods of laughter. That's probably the thing I miss most about Orange County is how regular and life-giving these car ride conversations were. Little did I know that there would be these two wild UK girls who would show up in Mexico bringing so much life and joy and perspective with them. A little backstory for you. As most of you know, I live in Ensenada, Mexico, in the sweetest little home I call the Casita. Rocio, who I've mentioned a handful of times, is the woman who owns this house. And Rocio actually raised her family in the casita, which I think makes it even more special. So Mesley is Rocio's granddaughter who came out from the UK at the end of October to spend a few months here. And Ruby is Mesley's best friend who joined her just a few weeks ago. And these two girls are pure joy. <laughs> In a time that I have found myself feeling a bit more stressed than I would like to admit, Mesley and Ruby have countered that stress with their daily ridiculous check-ins of peeping down over the railing, um, our regular Wednesday taco runs, or even just car rides with the volume full blast and Mesley's latest drum and bass banger the beautiful gift of getting to share and receive stories and laughter and truths and dares in this beautiful exchange of learning to know and be known. A few days ago, I was actually getting set up to record the final podcast and Mez and Ruby asked what I was doing and all of a sudden it just clicked on why I felt so stuck with this episode. And it was because these two were missing from it. So when I asked them if they wanted to record an episode with me where we were able to just ask some questions to each other and share answers, they were immediately in. And honestly, I feel a little bit emotional releasing this episode because I'm just so thankful for who Ruby and Mesley are and who they're becoming and that they would trust me to deliver a piece of their story and their gifts. I think this will episode will be one that I return to a few times. Even when I was editing it, I learned more about both of my friends and even myself. And I think if you listen to their questions and to the answers, if you pay attention to the experience with one another and the experience that you might have, I think there's a lot of insight, a lot of learning, a lot of caring that we can give and receive. Okay, 
My name's Ruby, I'm from the UK, I live in North Devon, which is like the little boot off the end of the the southwest. Um, I'm 20 years old, as of a few days ago, very exciting. <laughs> um, and I'm currently here on holiday with my very good friend, Mesley Ann, <laughs> who's showing me the ropes in Mexico. She just even <laughs> helped you intro yourself. Okay, now shut up, Ruby. My turn. <laughs> That's where I come in. <laughs> We're being for real. I'm so sorry. Okay. Um, I'm Mesley. I'm from the UK. Um, a comedian, as you can tell. Um, consider myself a fashion icon. And yeah, it's about as fun as it gets. But actually, I feel like you are a fashion icon. But I can't tell because I don't know if the way you dress is just, like, cool. Or if that's just how everyone dresses no, in the UK. Really cool. Like, to me, it, it seems... Cool. It is cool. Mm, especially where we live. Everyone dresses really, like, boring. You can't never... really dress up or go out there because they're all really, like, monotone in the way they dress. Yeah. So affirmed. Um, we fact check if you were a fashion icon, and you are. I am North Devon's finest fashion icon. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to do something fun during this episode that we've actually never done, and we're going to play a little bit of a question game. So there are ten questions in this jar, and we're going to each go around, choose a question, and we're going to kind of see how the questions go, but... We'll see if all of us answer, or if you get to just choose one person to answer the question you draw. Okay. Does that make Exciting. sense? <clears throat> we'll let Ruby go first. Where's my greasy fingers? <laughs> my hand does not fit in the jar. Okay. So the first question is, what's one obstacle that you overcome, that you have overcome in this past year? This is an open question. Oh, it's an open question. We can all say something for this one. Yeah, we can all say something. So one obstacle that you have overcome in this past year. Science is very loud. It's okay. We can take time to think about all our achievements. As there's so many, I'm struggling to pick one. <laughs> Mm, one for me is definitely pulling my finger out and like organizing the next coming year a bit because otherwise I'd just be doing nothing. But I've got a couple exciting things. Which are what? Like, what does that mean I for you? I have a course that I applied for and got onto in London at the British Academy of Jewelry. It's only six months, but it's just the foundation program to learn the beginnings of silversmithing and jewelry making. Which means you'll be moving then as well. Yeah, for six months living in London. So that should be fun. Yeah. That's a big change from yeah. our rural town. Yeah, <laughs> to go to London as well is yeah. such a difference. That's going to be fun. How about you? You've done loads. Come on now. Um, Probably like the biggest one for me is like overcoming the problems that I've had with my mental health over the past couple of years. Um... And the reason the reason I've come to Ensenada for a couple of months was to kind of be like my final and be all to like all my like therapy 
and everything like that and come back and heal with my roots like in the house I grew up in and stuff like that so that's probably been the biggest thing I've done this year yeah I would piggyback off that for myself too because I think when it comes to to mental health stuff I think an obstacle that I I faced this past year and probably will continue to face is what to do once you've started healing how to how to live as a healed person like mm-hmm. how to not be in a constant state of like chaos or in a constant state of confusion yes. but to have clarity and to to even know how to be like considerate to myself and my feelings and how to invite other people into that i think like is an obstacle to overcome and then also what i realize it's like continually overcoming that yeah it's like adapting to like a whole new way of living yeah like a whole new state of mind yeah yeah I think that's something too that we don't talk about enough when it comes to mental health is that you don't just achieve health yeah it's over and over you work so hard for it yeah but then you like continue to learn like you have to teach yourself again and you have to teach yourself how to be and live in that environment because you're just not used to it at all. So you have to, like, alter how you see and perceive things anyway. Totally. Yeah, and after, like, recovering from, like, anything, you're still prone to relapses of whatever you've been through. Mm. So it's also, like, kind of, like, teaching yourself that it's okay to go downhill again. But yeah. you just need to learn how to come back up from it. Yeah. What was the question again? What is one thing you've never done that you want to try? Okay, I really want to, mostly because every time I drive from Mexico to the States, Mm. there's these cliffs, and (laughs) I love them, and I always see these people jumping, but with these, like, butterfly suits. Oh, Um, yeah, they're like flying squirrel suits. Mm Mm-hmm. Flying squirrel. <laughs> that's squirrel. just what I thought. It was. That's probably what they're called. You're when probably they run, right. like it between the arms and the leg. Yeah. Yeah. That looks so fun. I called them a butterfly, but squirrel was nicer. kind of. We can use butterfly. That's or butter. squirrel. Butterfly. Squirrel. Butterfly. Um, <laughs> like a butterfly squirrel. I just want to try that. I think that would be so fun. I'd be so scared. But no, it does look brilliant, but like, oh my god. Do you have a parachute on as well to land? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really know. I just think when I went skydiving, the only part... I've been skydiving before. Yeah, I have. And honestly, I was a little bit disappointed. Really? I thought that it was going to be like an extreme adrenaline rush and it really wasn't the free fall was adrenaline for me was it not but terrifying then, as well no re- i wasn't terrified but also i like kind of have fascinations about jumping out of planes forever so yeah. that's whatever but it was more it was more that i was bored like once the parachute's out it's it's pretty slow and it's i would i would explain skydiving as one of the most beautiful experiences yeah, i've ever had imagine. in this world mm. i wouldn't explain it as one of the most thrilling mm. <laughs> okay that's cool though so i wonder if jumping out of the like jumping with a squirrel or butterfly or whatever suit would be that just that adrenaline of a free fall 
Yeah, because you don't know, like, you don't necessarily have anything that's like right. Yeah, but, but I would, I would also probably like run into the cliff. <laughs> I don't think, <laughs> I don't think we'd be successful at I'd this. Be that little guy. I'd be down to try that this yeah. year. This year. Yeah, that was the question, right? One thing you want to try. It's just overall, but we can make it for this This year. This year. Let's make it this year. Okay, Okay, this year. Your turn. Question master. Um, (laughs) One thing I've never done that I want to try. I'm just really wondering if I can say this. Probably not. (laughs) If you. Whatever. It's not. It's not rude. Is it drugs? No, no. Oh, is it sex? Yeah. Mm. It's not about sex. I was gonna say one thing I've never done but wanted to try is good sex. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you're willing to, I, I feel like that's a fair answer. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. But elaborate. What do you mean? Ooh. Just like I think it's very important to like kind of communicate communicate about your wants and wishes and like. Just know yourself, really. Why do you think you've never communicated it before? Just out of nervousness, or...? Mm, I think it's very... I don't know, it depends on, like, how you feel with your partner Mm. or who you decide to have sex with. Um, Like, whether or not you feel comfortable to talk about those kind of things. And even so, like, even with certain people, like, telling people certain things, no one takes it in because... People can be selfish and whatever. Well, I think that that's a, a really fascinating answer. And if people were really honest with themselves, I think that would probably be said more often than mm, not. Yeah. So I appreciate your honesty with that. Oh, thank you. It's not really like necessarily like something I want to do. It's like I'd love to get a tattoo. And I know that's like such a, like a silly little thing. But I just I can't comprehend what it would feel like. And, like, it's such a cool thing and such a personal thing for a lot of people. So I think that, like, finally having the opportunity to do that. But we've been, like, of the age to be able to get a tattoo for a couple of years now. And we just haven't. Mm. I feel like Which I'm, is so weird. I'm too impulsive. Yeah. I'll get one tattoo and then I'll have 20 and then I'll regret them all. Yeah. So it's, like, also so. a nerve-wracking thing at the same time. It's, like, I don't know. But I do want to get one. I'm just too indecisive, I think. <clears throat> but, yeah. Probably this year. Hopefully. Hopefully. Do you have any ideas of what you would want or not really yet? Mm. My dad has only one tattoo, but he's got the eye of Horus for my mum because he calls her I, but her name's Iona, but he calls her I for short. Her name's so Iona? I, mm. Like Brave? Isn't that the name of the mom in Brave? Maybe. Mm-mm. Merida. That's I think it might be, yeah, because she's Irish, so I think that's... Is cool. your mom Irish? Yeah. Aww. The freckles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Okay, are you ready? Mm-hmm. This is a all-play question. Okay. What are you afraid of? I'm deeply scared of having sleep paralysis. It's one of my biggest fears is having sleep paralysis. Why? Because um, I would hate to wake up in the middle of the night, in the dark, by myself, feeling extremely petrified and seeing something and not being able to move. Because you can't even close your eyes. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd hate that. Where did this fear start? Mm. I I think I've been watching too many horror films since I was little, <laughs> yeah. and I just petrified of paranormal stuff. So 
to wake up in the middle of the night and see something. I don't think I'd ever sleep again. But yeah. Yeah, because your answer was immediate. Yeah, mm. that is like my biggest fear, <laughs> having sleep paralysis. So I'm going to go home tonight and have sleep paralysis. <laughs> yeah. so now. How about you? Um, I think my biggest fear... I think, I don't, this is a hard one for me because fear is sometimes a hard emotion for me to recognize or like what I'm afraid of. Or decipher between what else other emotions you're feeling. I yeah. Feel like it's like, sometimes it's doubt. Well, and also I think what I'm, I th- I'll tell you my answer and then I'll tell you why I struggle mm-hmm. with it. I think my fear is that with the work I'm doing and like wanting to care for people well, I'll end up hurting them in the process or like hurting communities. And that's just my fear because I'm trying to do something based on what I've seen, like, not work. Mm. And so by challenging it, I, like, want to see change happen. Like, I want to care for myself differently. I want to care for other people differently. And I want to see, like, less harm being done. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I know that anytime you care about anyone, you also hurt. A different group of people. Yeah, or hurt something in the process, Mm. right? So... I think anything you care about, it comes with also, like, hurting, disappointing, letting people down, not hitting some expectation, whether that's my own or someone else's. And so it's interesting, like, for me, I think it's less about avoiding what I fear and more about just how I navigate that fear to not actually keep me from doing something. But just look, recognizing, like, absolutely what I fear is going to happen. Mm. You know, like, you are going to hurt the people you're trying to care about regardless. But how you handle that is also important. Is that just because you think you're spending so much time on what you're doing at the moment? Or just because of, like, what you're doing? I think that it's inevitable to hurt the people you care about. Mm. And if if my focus is driven on caring about people that I feel like the world isn't caring well for, mm. then... I don't see the difference of if it was caring about a partner or caring about a family member or caring about a friend. It's like, no matter who you care about, you're going to end up hurting or disappointing. In some way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think for a long time, it was like, do I, do I let that fear keep me from really being 100% all in? Do you think you're 100% all in yet? Some days. Yeah. That's good, though. <laughs> some moments. You know, That's I think really some good. moments I'm like, yeah, I'm 100%. And then other moments I'm like, oh, I'm still withholding. Hmm. Something or 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 I, I recognize that fear of like, maybe I don't want to do this because what if I screw this up and it hurts this person or they're mm-hmm. upset or frustrated or disappointed or whatever. Yeah. So I think like it, for me, it's like recognizing my fear, but then also learning how to like combat that. Yeah. How I do don't you, know. What is your like best way of combating it then? Do you think? Or is it just all like a subconscious like? Ruby with the good questions. Mm. <laughs> that was a good question. I think it just... I stopped it to- eating now, so I'm like, I'm ready. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> it totally depends. It totally depends on the moment and the circumstance. It also depends on if I recognize it. I think sometimes fear is hard because we can let fear, or I can let fear hold me back from certain situations without recognizing it. Mm. And so I think it's also about being open to the recognition and, like, signs that I'm like, oh, I'm afraid right now. Mm. And fear is okay. Like, becoming really comfortable with that. Yeah. I think it is important, too, because fear will always be, like, 
part of life no matter what so i think becoming like a little bit more friendly with it is like just another part of growing right good on you though it's and it's really good that you have like moments even even if they're just moments of being like no this is what i want to do i don't care like i just need to do what i have set myself out to do almost yeah what about you that's the fair question mm. oh my god i don't know i hate being in trouble in general <laughs> Like, even in school, I hated yeah. being in trouble. Like, I don't know. I don't like being on anyone's bad side or having, like, somebody having an issue with what I'm doing. But I think if I ever do, then it's something I've brought upon myself that I need to face. So I think just overcoming that, like, doormat feeling. Yeah, I think you're too soft as well. Like, I think you need to learn how to be like, no, I'm doing this because I want to do it. Yeah, I don't care what you definitely. think. Definitely. So that's something I like need to overcome. It's not necessarily like a massive fear, but it is at the same time. Just like I don't know, I hate having friction or yeah. like mm. you know, yeah, or if there's like a bad feeling that I'm like, oh, I don't know, I just hate that. So like much. conflict. Yeah. Yeah. I, but yeah. like I said, I think it's normally something that I've like brought on myself. That I'm just like I need to understand and realise that this is going to happen sometimes and it's not the end of the world like you will fix it it's fine like and a lot of the time if it's with the people you care about then you just talk, sit and talk about it and then you're fine and then that's like a lovely weight lift because you can just be like oh I can relax now like even when it's not something that's been spoken about all the time it's just like always there it's just mm-hmm. like this uneasy feeling almost. but yeah I don't know I couldn't pinpoint my real fear I feel like I haven't had enough life yet <laughs> I know what I think that's a real fear. Mm. I think what you said is is probably a fear that most of us have or have had or have mm. experienced, which is like this desire to please. Mm. Do you think it's a fear or anxiety? Because it's very very <laughs> similar. But that do is... you think it's a fear or anxiety? I don't. Like... I it, yeah. There's like a really like large side of it to being anxious, but I think it genuinely scares me to wake up and be like. Oh my god, is there something happening? Yeah, but yeah, no, I would, I would agree and probably say that a large amount of it is probably anxiety too. Mm. And are you scared of like, is it the fear of like <clears throat> the outcome, of, like a conflict, or like just yeah, like the maybe. general like oh, we're not okay kind of? Maybe the outcome. You. Yeah. Mm. Thanks. Can <laughs> <laughs> we reflect my <laughs> my uneasiness? But yeah. No, that's a really hard question. To that was a good question to ask. Yeah, thanks. thanks, guys. I'm going to reflect about that in my dreams tonight. <laughs> what is one thing you can do this coming year to be part of? It's probably my writing. <laughs> what is one thing you can do this next year to be part of transformation in the world? Oh, okay. Do your recycling. Yeah. Do a beach clean. You know, don't put your gum on the floor. Don't throw your cigarettes on the floor. Look after the earth, because otherwise it's going to explode one day. That's my part. (laughs) Save the planet. Do you think think you save the planet enough every day? I feel like I feel like we all do our bit, and then when you realize on like 
especially coming here like mm. seeing how recycling and like rubbish is just not there is cared no about yeah it's like well obviously understandably that it's not but i think just like it's such a big shock because it's like even yeah. in the uk you're like people like shout at you if you drop something i know there's still really like dirty parts of like the country but recycling is a massive thing so when you're just like upstairs like putting everything in the bin it's yeah. just kind of like weird it feels like mm-hmm. yeah and the amount of littering that there is here like on the, yeah. on the roads it's just full of bags and rubbish but then and... when you're here you kind of like yeah. almost like brush it off you're like oh everybody does it like i don't really care anymore and that's a nasty feeling because it's like mm. i don't want to be like that but i am now <laughs> just being used to like what everyone else is doing mm-hmm. around but yeah litter picking can be fun if it's not raining so <laughs> here's my question for that one because i think we talk about this a lot of like personal ownership and then sometimes feeling like personal ownership isn't really quite enough because right? mm. if just one person starts recycling yeah. that's great but that doesn't shift a lot so what yeah. you're saying is like we have seen a huge shift in that being a priority in the uk um <clears throat> and somehow like that where you were at decided that was the value and that there needed to be some sort of transformation that occurred to see that be valued mm-hmm. right my question is like how where's the line between self-ownership and then also just recognizing like your community and what they choose because if you choose to recycle in a place that the general population isn't recycling if we're going to use that as the example mm-hmm. then your recycling really can only go so far mm. but that's having the mindset that is going to like slowly destroy the planet because if you're just sat here thinking well my bit isn't going to change then everyone's going to think the same and like i could say at least like maybe one in five people will be there with you like oh i'm going to do my recycling i'm not going to litter so like when you have that mindset of well no one else is and so i'm not going to either that's like what's going to slowly destroy everything so it's kind of having the urge to be able to do it yourself. Yeah. Even if no one else is doing it too. Mm-hmm. Would you set up a beach clean? Oh. Yeah, like, yeah. I feel like if we got our friends involved, they would, because it could be fun. But I feel like when you just see it on like Facebook or something at home, and your mum's like, we're going for a litter pick. It's like, yeah. Oh, well, I feel I like our that. generation, like, we care so much. About we the do so little. Yeah, but then how often do you see people our age going to the beach and like cleaning stuff? Mm. Whereas like it's normally like the older people. Yeah, exactly. So it's getting like the youth involved, which is going to be like the most changing thing, really. So then that was the question: What's <coughs> one thing you can do mm. this year to be part of a transformation you want to see? Let's set up a little pick in Kenya, yeah. Kenworth. <laughs> you're not from, but you're here, and you see this be a problem. And you experience that tension, kind of, of, like, this is uncomfortable. Mm. What keeps you from doing something about it right now? Good point. Good point. I mean, to be fair, when we go to the beach, and there's, like, I never, like, drop my cigarette or anything on Mm -hmm. the beach and stuff like that. And if you see something, you pick it up. Because there's bins on the beach, which annoys me the most. It's, like, why litter on Mm. a beach where there's literally bins provided? So. I think as well it's like approaching people mm-hmm. like I couldn't just go up to somebody and be like help you drop pick this. some rubbish or yeah. like pick that up because you do that in the UK and people just like scream in your face and you're like okay yeah. don't worry about it like How, what do you mean by that well, if you we don't actually scream in your face but they'll like they'll get 
like defensive. Yeah. But also like you get fined for littering in the UK. That's like true. a lot of money. You <clears throat> get fined for like not picking up your dog poo. Like mm. up to a thousand pounds. So like all that kind of stuff there is taken That's good, very but there's heavily. no one like really to police that. So it's like, yeah, there's the like the there's law the threats. There, but yeah. like realistically you can get away with it if you wanted to. Unless it's like a really busy like do you think know. the only way we'll see transformation within communities around the world is if there's government to um, follow through with laws? Like, is law the only way we're going to see change? No, I think it, like, obviously helps a lot. But, like, in some countries you physically can't do that because there's this massive, obviously, like, um, there's poverty and there's countries that don't even have the facilities to be able to... Like, they have nowhere to put the rubbish. Do you know what I mean? They don't Mm -hmm. have the means to get rid of it. They just, like... And uh, some places, like, some people within those communities, like, they do really good. So they, like, make new materials or, like, building blocks out of, like, loads of plastic or bottles they, like, recovered or whatever. But... So that's really great. But I think that there's so many people in this world that don't even get that message or don't even understand there's an issue, maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's a really hard question. Yeah. Well, and how do you prioritize quote unquote issues and values, mm-hmm. right? Like if there are places in the world that are still focused on getting clean water. Exactly. That's then how do they prioritize that over recycling? But then I feel like they have so little in those communities that even like, even a plastic bottle is like a vessel to them. Like that is something that they can use to carry water. Whereas like we'll just like, on the floor we'll just like put it in the bin because we're just like oh we've used that now Mm. but I think as well like with all the littering and stuff I think it should start it should start to begin with supermarkets and stuff and the packaging Mm. like I think that is like that is the main source of all the litter so if we changed how we got all our shopping and all our food and even our drinks then I think that's like yeah because you go to the supermarket and you'll get like a bunch of bananas Literally wrapped in plastic, and it's like, why does it need to be in plastic? Mm -hmm. And then, like, you get like your cotton buds Mm -hmm. and straws and everything like that, like unused plastics. Like we have now banned them in the UK, but like here, like every like one used plastic. Yeah, we went to Starbucks and I got a plastic straw. I was like, oh my god, not gonna, it's not gonna disintegrate. I mean, they work. Don't get me wrong, and straws aren't a necessity, but they're so intertwined into like civilization almost. Right. Especially in first world countries. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting to hear that perspective on that. In 2023, what are you looking forward to? Oh God, I was like, that's so long away. (laughs) (laughs) You go first, Cass. One thing I'm looking forward to. Mm -hmm. Hostess with the mostess. (laughs) Oh. One thing I'm looking forward to. It's kind of, it honestly, is a challenging question for me because I think something that I've been finding myself having a hard time doing is looking forward to anything. Mm. It's almost like I've been noticing this almost like protection that I put on myself, like a shield to protect myself from, I don't know, like being disappointed probably or getting overwhelmed where I'm just... 
I think it's both. I think it's a good practice. And I think it's also been a protective like model of, of avoiding the like things that are ne- like less preferred experiences. And so sometimes it's hard for me to like look forward to anything rather than just the next like five minutes. Mm. But I think, I think I'm really looking forward to continuing to just get to know people that I have like built relationships with this past year and just the reorientation of how to be cared about and how to care about other people and to be in a community that's somewhat still new. Um, that's something I feel really excited about. Mm. Mm. That's really nice though. Yeah, I think that's probably mine. I don't know. I think the moving to London thing I'm obviously really like excited about, but I think that what comes with that is like I'm excited to spend more time with myself. Like just in general. I think like obviously I'm excited to meet new people, but like having like just being with myself like in a new like environment and new area, I think it's really exciting. So over the past year I've like learned to like enjoy my own company whereas before mm. I would never like to sit and dwell in it but this like this year I've definitely learned that I can actually like yeah I can go out and walk and I enjoy that so much just like even if I'm not really like thinking about anything necessarily like just having music on just being able to like pop about not care the world <laughs> that's <laughs> what you just that's a big one though I think it sometimes takes people their whole life to learn how to spend time with themselves. Yeah, I think it's like it's like a, a whole life thing. Like I don't think you can ever really be like completely content with just yourself, obviously. But I think having that time, so like I'm just excited to explore the city as well. Because before it used to be really daunting to me, like the whole idea of moving to London. But now I've kind of realised that it's loads of little towns that are just connected by train, mm. and it's just like it's actually not that scary in the end. And you can go where you want to, and so much good food though. <laughs> So I'm excited for that too. How far away is London from your home? Four hours. Four hours. In a car. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like compared to like being here, it's not that far. But when you're in the UK, it's like going the whole way across the country. It still takes four hours on the train though. Like yeah, sometimes like six as well. Like buses. I took a bus to London once. It took me six and a half hours. That was quite hellish. Yeah. But. Yeah. It's far enough. Like you're definitely not in your comfort mm. zone anymore. No, no, definitely not. So right. I'm like trying not to think about that as well because I'm just like, ooh, it's quite a big jump for me. But then I'm just like, uh, what's the worst that can happen? Right. <laughs> All right, Mez. Um, something I'm looking forward to is I'm moving away from home in August, September time. I'm moving to Bristol, which should be, like, a really nice fresh start for me. Like, get to, le- like, meet loads of new people and, like, make a whole new friendship group, which should be refreshing. And, like, one of my best friends lives in Bristol. So it's been, like, a year apart, so it'd be nice to be with her again. So, yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. Do you feel like your time here has kind of prepped you for that move? I feel like I've been so ready to move already. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just been, like, a nice time to come and spend. Like, I think when I was in college, I was just ready to go already. Like, I just wanted to leave. So I think I'm, like, more than ready. Mm-hmm. But it kind of, I feel like as well, like, it depends how I feel when I get there. Mm-hmm. 
This is kind of a piggyback off, off that, I feel like. What is something you've learned about yourself this past year? Probably that, like, with, like, kind of problems that I've had with, like, people in my life over the past year, like, I've really learned how to put my foot down and kind of, like, acknowledge what I think's right and wrong and, like, um, like to not let people, like, overstep my boundaries and, like, kind of, like, voicing that because before I always had, like, a massive problem like saying things like more as like I'm scared of like confrontation so but like over the past year I've really learned how to just kind of like cut all the crap and just it's put me at peace really mm. how did you go about learning that I think just because like I had so many problems with so many people which could have just been easily avoided with like because I'm very like I'll let things keep happening until it gets to a point where I literally just can't anymore. And then when I have to address the problem, it's not one thing, it's multiple different things. So it's kind of like teaching myself to just say, oh no, I don't like that, don't do that. Mm. Instead of just like letting it all build up and like things like that. At that point, I'm excited too. <laughs> but I would totally agree that you have like, that's really nice to see because whereas before you'd be like, I don't know. You just let everything slide. Yeah. But in such a chill way. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think probably the learning to, like, like my own company a little bit more. And kind of realising that I don't have to rely on the people, like, that are meant to always be around me to make me happy. Mm -hmm. Or, like, kind of, like, get ready for that, like, validation almost. It's, like, actually, the only thing I really need is my own. And if I'm happy with that, then that's all that matters. Mm -hmm. And if people don't like it, then get gone. <laughs> Do you feel that more like strongly through like family, friends, or like relationships? Mm. What did I say? Like how like you've learned to be alone, like like within your family. I just think or... like, or even just your point on not seeking other validate yeah. others validation, yeah. like where where. I think that's what you were kind of asking, right? Yeah, like, who's yeah, strongest think, do you come, like, want it from, like, your family or...? I think, like, obviously my family will always be the most important to me. But, like, I don't know. I just think after, like, especially after lockdown, like, I feel like everything was so... I don't know. Our lockdown, I hate to say it, our lockdown was fun. Yeah, <laughs> so, like, I, there, there was nothing really time. that became badly of that. But, like, I just think, yeah like kind of realizing that if even if I what I want from other people I'm not always going to get so I have to give that to myself mm. and that's the funnest way in the end because it is the nicest thing like when you can finally kind of sit there even if it's just for like a moment and just be like oh, I'm actually so content with where I am right now like and kind of just like oh don't get me wrong it's amazing having like lovely people in your life all the time and being surrounded by that is brilliant but I think as well like when you come away from that all and you're by yourself, it's like you need to still be content and still mm -hmm. be enjoying what's going on around. But yeah, I think just letting that through, I don't know, not even anything bad necessarily, just like kind of understanding what everybody else is like, what their vibe is and like what they're looking to do and seeing other people do stuff for themselves. It's like, actually, wait a second, I should probably be doing that for mm -hmm. myself as well. Mm -hmm. So doing that is like... Yeah, I mean, almost getting there. Oh gosh. Yeah, this is a conversation I feel like I am having 
often with people who are close to me too Mm. because a lot of the things I do so even like the podcast to the giving gifts and the programs or the resources or the research or celebrate coming out or any of those things there have been times that I'm like does any of this even matter should like do I need to be doing any of these things and having a harder conversation of if no one else cared about the things that I was doing, would I still be doing them? Mm-hmm. Like, do I believe in these things enough to pursue this, to like put energy to this, to put myself out there for this? And sometimes that answer is really hard because I'll find myself immediately kind of going, yeah, I would. Like I would do that without any validation or without any appreciation or without any acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the, the, the day, I'm like, I still need people. Yeah. Like I can't write a book if people aren't going to want to read it. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I can't. And that's where I'm like, even that's when I say that out loud, yeah. I'm like, I can absolutely write a book even if no one reads it, right? And at the same time, I'm like, but of course I want people to, to be a part of this. And I think that's something when it's like what is something you've learned about yourself it's kind of this constant learning about myself of who I'm trusting and where I'm putting putting that trust right and I think that it's a misconception that I've bought into for a long time was like put put others first and what I realized is if I don't put taking care of myself mentally emotionally physically spiritually Mm. as a value if that's not important to me, it cannot be important to anyone else. No. Like, if I don't know how to take care of myself, no one else can do that no. for me. And so I think that learning that you're talking about is constant as well. It's this check-in of it's not selfish to take care of yourself. No, not and it's not selfish to check in with yourself. No. Especially because I think that when we do that, we're... we're opening at least for me I notice when I'm doing that well for myself I'm opening myself up to caring better for other people as well like and there is so many highs and lows that come with that and recognizing like yeah absolutely I I do want to be a person who is not independent enough to believe that I don't need other people to learn from to grow from to support me and for me to support them but at the same time there is a recognition of sufficiency in just being like just being who you are and that that's sufficient but I think knowing that like and learning that about yourself is like one of the first of many steps you can take to like working towards yeah it's a good one well good on you you brought that one up (laughs) good on us good on us Okay. Dos mas preguntas. Should I say it in UK? Two more. Oh my god. <laughs> no, that wasn't no. Do we say it? Two more questions. Two, two more questions. So you sound like, like I love it. Like, you know. I love it, but that's not it's, British. No, do you? I love it. I love it. I love. I love. I love it. Love. Why do you have to go love? Love. You sounded like Shrek. Okay, do you believe you are loved and matter? <laughs> do you believe you're loved and matter? I was just doing her thing. I Yeah, I mean, obviously I feel like I know I'm loved by like my family and everything, which is lovely. 
I feel like the matter parts are really like hard question for everybody because it's like there's so many people on this planet they're all trying to do like amazing things and not yeah not everybody gives you recognition for what you're trying to do but I think if it matters to you like you said what you're doing then that's that's all you need to begin with do you believe that you're that making jewelry and pursuing that matters I mean in the long run to me it does but a lot of people that wouldn't but that's okay but it's also it's like, like a positive effect on like people like yeah. people have asked you to make gifts for yeah people. that's really nice and like when like because mez loves jewelry so i'm just like oh i just want to like bedazzle you <laughs> like all these like yeah jewelry. well i think that that is part of mattering when you recognize that what you bring to the table has a point and a purpose yeah. even if it is to be like this is how I can think of you, mm. right? Mm. I think, I think when I'm like just feeling, thinking about it, how it makes me feel, it's like really positive. And then when I like zone out to like looking at the whole world and being like, okay, there's so many people, like no, only a small percentage. Even if it is a small percentage, that's great. But like, only a few people will see and recognize what you're doing and necessarily enjoy it. But I feel like that should be enough for any creator to just go out there and do it because you've got to start somewhere, and like. It kind of like I feel like I feel like seeing you DJ and beginning to start mixing mm. and getting like smaller opportunities. I'm like it's so easy to just well, it's not easy. Don't get me wrong, but it's so there's so many opportunities and it's just like why not just start somewhere? Slowly how then, to promote yourself. Yeah, like, exactly. You mm. So did you recognize Mez that you pursuing what matters to you actually impacted your friend to pursue what matters to them? Have you realized? Like, is that something like that we've you've never listened? spoken about? No, I don't think we ever have spoken about it. Um, because, uh, I, mean, I don't really know what to say because I feel like you've always been like very artistic, and like I think you getting into jewelry was something that like victimized like the talent that you had for like the certain topic that you've chosen mm. to pursue. So, I don't. I think maybe in like motivation but other than that it's completely different so no i think ruby's taken her own path but she just told you (laughs) you pursuing that i think it was just seeing her like enjoy something that she's like actually good at it's like i could be good at something or like put my all into one thing because you obviously like i enjoy art like you enjoy music but you've chosen a specific thing in music to pursue so it's like okay kind of had to like whittle it down and be like what do I enjoy doing mm. that I can do something with which is really cool yeah. I mean that's a process I talk a lot about which is identifying what your gift is exactly and often your gift is rooted in not just like what you're good at like just because you're good at music doesn't make mm. it your gift it's what makes it your you gift enjoy. is that you bring in all your mental health you bring in your whole story you bring in the things that you love and the things that are challenging and you pour that into something yeah, yeah. And that's your gift, right? Mm. So I think the thing that's cool about this question that I love is not just like, do you believe you're loved? And do you believe that you matter? And I think that's a hard one mm. to answer sometimes, but such an important question. Because it's really saying, do you believe that your whole story is important? Not just the like pretty shiny parts. Mm. Mm. What do you, what's your answer to that question? Um, yeah, I believe that I'm loved and mattered, mattered by. 
mattered for. <laughs> I believe I matter. Yeah, um, probably because like I choose pe- like to surround myself with people who give me like no negative energy and that have nothing but love for me. And obviously, everything that like I give is reciprocated. So it comes with like a lot of like choosing, picking who you decide to like have with you in your life. So like, luckily for me. Over the past couple of years, I've really blocked out, like, a lot of people. So now I do feel like I love and matter to everyone in my life. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'd say so. Strongly, yes. Strong, yes. I love that. Um, Yeah, I believe that I'm loved and matter. I think that I believe that is true, I don't think that it always feels true. And I think that's something worth acknowledging, at least that I've I've become more comfortable acknowledging, is that there are moments where I absolutely don't believe that anything about who I am or what I'm doing matters. And even in those feelings, like that's an even important experience because I think it helps me connect with other people who, who feel that way. Yeah. So I think that part of me mattering is facing the fact that I don't always feel like I matter, but I know I do. Yeah, yeah. You know, and like recognizing that that it's in the midst of that suffering that's like what matters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like those days where I have to close my computer because I can't do more to matter. I just mm-hmm. I just get to. So uh, I think that's a. That's a double-edged question because it would be so beautiful to just be like, yes, absolutely, right? And to believe that for everyone else, but... And all the time. Right. Yeah. But in the midst of life, I think there's lots of moments where I'm like, I could 100% disappear from this and it would not matter. Mm. Yeah. And uh, how to navigate that, those moments. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, Mez, last question is yours. With everything going on in the world, how do you not become defeated? Good question. Beats me. Beats me. I'll answer that question first because I feel like that kind of leads off that last question for me of just like how in those moments where I feel like I don't matter or things don't matter or like we can't do enough to to see like people be cared about in this world. Mm -hmm. There's moments where I'm like absolutely so defeated. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that not avoiding that feeling of being defeated is one thing that's really helped me navigate through that. Where the moments where I'm like, I absolutely feel defeated, I check in. Those are also like some of my most spiritual moments, I think. And as a person who's like um, backtracking in belief systems and trying to figure out what I believe to be true about this universe and about God and about the world and about people. It's, it's this understanding for me, what keeps me like motivated in moments where I feel defeated. I wouldn't even say motivated, but what keeps me intrigued, intrigued or present Mm -hmm. in moments where I feel defeated is recognizing that I just, I just genuinely believe that there is more, uh, more possibility that I will ever be able to totally understand or consider. And so the moments where I feel defeated, it's like rather than avoiding that or telling myself it's bad to feel defeated, it's a lot of just 
hey, let me sit in this for a minute because it seems like there's something I have not considered yet and something that I might actually never be able to consider or know fully. So I think that that would be my answer. No, that is good there. You can look at everybody around you and like, not even that, just everything that's going on in the world and like everyone that's like trying to understand almost. Like it's really difficult to not feel like just down about it almost because especially when you're like surrounded by a lot of like not even like meaningful negativity but when especially like when it's a time of year and it's like just dark and dingy and wet in the UK and everybody's just kind of like moaning it's really hard to stay positive and kind of cry about every day and be like okay I can do some stuff now because because there's no motivation from anyone but I think that just Mm. like like bringing yourself back down to just what is immediately surrounding you or like that's immediately affecting you is one way to just like ground yourself because if it's not shouting in your face or like physically picking at you like in that moment then it's just like I don't actually need to worry about that right now Hmm. or I can just like whatever's going on (laughs) I don't really have a uh, hand or a leg to like stand on to like do anything about at this moment in time so I just have to like worry about what I'm doing in this current moment but yeah that's a really hard question to like be grateful for everything that you've already like had done and achieved um and kind of like notice that like whatever way you're feeling will pass and like whatever like Mm. is making you feel defeated it's like only like temporary and like just like as like the happy times are only temporary you got to realize that like it's like a constant cycle that's never going to end so it's just kind of like you have to Learn how to adapt with it and take what you want from it. I really liked this activity. I thoroughly <laughs> enjoyed that. Thank you very much. Um, and I'm just really thankful for you too. I think it's it's just I'm just sitting here just thinking about how big this world feels sometimes, especially with that question. Like it can mm. feel defeating sometimes to be like, "Dang, the world is so big and there's so much." crap going on and so many different aspects that feel yucky Mm. and then at the same time to be like we are in Mexico sitting at a table underneath a roof being brought together to get to share our stories Mm -hmm. and like that to me is just such a gift and the fact that you two were open and willing to be like okay let's do this and to just know that you both have so much life ahead of you makes me just very excited. So I'm very thankful for both of you. Oh, no, thank you. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Prospero año y felicidad. I want to wish you Merry Christmas. I want to wish you I want to wish you a Merry Christmas from a giving gifts to you. <laughs> Can't finish um, that It's season allotment, growing vegetables. Why does the chicken cross the road? I'm sorry, it's season allotment? Allotment. allotment. That's, that's something that you call, like, where people grow vegetables. A so, garden? Yeah. Yeah, but, like, there's loads of little gardens. 
So have like a field. With like okay, so the chicken's crossing around and it sees a load of glottons. No, so the chicken sees uh-huh. like an allotment growing <laughs> vegetables and stuff. Why did the chicken cross the road? Why? Because the chicken sees a salad. Thanks for listening to the giving gifts. Like, share, and subscribe. This shows the shit. Spread some love and joy. Know that you're a gift.